Well, hey, Christian Challenge. Uh, it's great to be with you guys tonight. My name's Elliot. I'm uh, one of the pastors at Seabreeze Church in Huntington Beach, just down the road from you guys. And tonight I get to continue your series on habits. And I love the tagline of the series, uh, develop good habits and good habits develop you, because that's so true. And I've experienced that in my own life in different areas. And so I'm excited to share with you about gratitude and kind of why we should be grateful, uh, what we're grateful for, and then what does the habit look like, and then kind of a surprising outcome. And so I'm going to walk through that with you. But before I do, I just want to uh, kind of share with you a little bit about myself. Um, I've been at hunting or at uh, Seabreeze now for uh, 13 years, so uh, time really does fly when you get out of school. So get ready for that. It'll feel like it's going slow at first, and then it'll just take off and accelerate. That's what it did for me. And I've been here for 13 years. I've been on staff for eight. So for the first five, I just was a part of the church, um, helping out, serving. And I ended up here because the campus ministry I was a part of, a really good campus ministry, similar uh, to what you guys are a part of right now. Uh, the the campus minister, uh, the guy who was kind of in charge of it, a guy named Max Barnett, uh, you might have heard of him. He said to... Uh, when you graduate college, don't go chase the money. Don't just go try to find the first job, uh, but find a church, find a place to invest and make your home, and then other stuff will fall into place after that. And so that's what I did. I took that seriously. Uh, my senior year, I researched different uh, churches and trying to figure out where I wanted to land. And Bevan uh, Unra, who's the senior pastor here at Seabreeze, I heard him speak at a spring break conference. And um, one of the meals, I got some time with him, asked him a bunch of questions. I realized he is a leader that I could really benefit from following. And so when I graduated, I packed up, moved out um, halfway across the country. Uh, found a room for rent. Uh, it's really crazy to think back on what I did, but I haven't ever looked back. It's It hasn't been smooth. It hasn't been uh, easy the whole time by any means, but it's really, really been uh, good. And I've experienced a ton of blessing through uh, making Seabreeze my home. I did not intend to be on staff. I kind of backed into this role, uh, but it's turned out great. I'm married. My wife, Allie, and I have uh, three little kids, so they're a lot of fun. Um, we have a great time chasing them around. So if you're ever in Huntington, I'd love to meet you um, just down the road. We're not that far. Uh, but let's go ahead and dive into tonight's topic. We're going to be talking about developing the habit of gratitude and what that looks like. And um, a few weeks ago when Neil reached out to me and asked me if I would help you guys out by talking about this, uh, my first reaction was, yeah, of course, I'd love to serve and uh, be a part of what you guys are doing. But then my second thought was, I don't know if I'm the right person to talk about gratitude. And part of that was because I was really struggling with being grateful at the time that Neil asked me to talk about it. And I realized that in studying and preparing for this, uh, this was probably even more beneficial for me, um, the timing of it. Um, but I hope it's really beneficial and hope you get out of it a lot uh, tonight as we go through it. Uh, this topic of gratitude. So let's go ahead and dive in. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, the problem of circumstances and how that impacts our gratitude. Because for a Christian, gratitude is always a faith issue. It's always a faith issue. We are attaching our gratitude to who God is and what God has done. And this is a real challenge for us because we can't see God. God is unseen. And because he's unseen and we don't always know what he's doing in the world or in our lives, 
Um, there are times where he'll peel back the curtain and give us a glimpse of what's going on. Uh, but the majority of the time, we can't see him. We don't really know what's going on. We don't know how he's working. And so instead of attaching our gratitude to who he is and what he's done, we'll attach our gratitude to our immediate circumstances. And this is really problematic because what happens in life is we all kind of have, we have expectations, kind of, you know, just kind of this line of expectations, imagine those. And then if the circumstances are above our expectations, if they're up here, then whatever that gap is, that is something we'll be thankful for. So let's say um, you're working a job and your boss comes to you um, and you hear everybody's going to be getting a pay raise and um, you're thinking, okay, it's probably going to be a dollar an hour, which is something that's great. You'd be happy with that. So that's kind of your expectation, a dollar an hour uh, pay raise when the boss comes around. But then you get a pay raise that's $2.50. Well, that's above your expectation. So you're really grateful. You're really thankful for the company's generosity and um, the increase in income. But when we do that, I mean, there's moments where we're grateful. The challenge is, then what happens if the circumstances are below what we expected? We expected them to be here. We expected that dollar an hour raise. But if it's below that, if they come and they say, hey, the company's on really hard times and we're actually going to have to be making some pay cuts because um, we just if we want to keep everybody employed, but we've got to we've got to cut back. Well, if your expectation was here, but reality is below that. Well, suddenly that gap, you're you're angry, you're frustrated, you're not going to be thankful, you're going to be ungrateful. Um, you could just go on and on down the list of the different emotions. You're complaining, depressed, you could even become resentful. So whenever we attach our gratitude to the circumstances, the reality is the circumstances of life are just constantly going up and down. Now, for me, something that I've experienced in the last six months, which I'm assuming a lot of us can relate to, is the speed at which the circumstances in life are changing. It is, it's out of control. I mean, the speed at which the news about stuff going on with, with the virus or whatever, um, it's, it seems to be at a record speed. And circumstances seem, at least in my life, this is the most unstable circumstances have ever been. So I want to show you this video real quick because um, I think this kind of captures what life can be like when we attach our gratitude to circumstances. So let's check this video out. Tacoma Bridge, Washington, opened only a few months ago, was built at a cost of over $6 million. But misfortune overtakes the great structure. These are some of the most amazing pictures ever recorded by a newsreel. The actual collapse of the world's third largest suspension bridge. Only a 35 mile an hour wind is blowing, but this apparently sets up a rhythmic swinging of the bridge, which increases with each swing. Finally, the swinging road and the suspension cables give way and plunge into the water below. Fortunately, the only casualties were a car stalled on the bridge and a dog. Thank you. 
Isn't that wild? I don't know if you guys have ever seen that before, but um, when I when I first saw it, I was like, man, that's crazy. But then as I've th- been thinking about this season, uh, that video, I remember that video and I thought, that pretty much sums up what my circumstances have felt like. I mean, just stuff is changing so fast that it's like one moment it's up and then the next moment it's down. Usually there's these kind of gradual and you can start to get grateful and then it kind of dips and you really struggle with being grateful. But this is just, you know, before you even have time to really be grateful, all of a sudden it just, it's like the bottom drops out. And I don't like roller coasters. So for me, I don't really like it when my life feels like one and I just feel this constant, oh my goodness. And one of the one of the ways that this looked for me and it kind of clicked in my head that I was attaching my gratitude to the wrong thing was um, a couple weeks ago, I was talking to one friend and they were telling me um, something they had heard. They said, hey, I, you know, I, I saw this thing online about the virus, this report that came out, it's really positive. And I was like, oh, wow, if, you know, if that's true, that's great. And um, then later in the day, I was talking to another friend and that other friend brought up the same thing. They said, hey, I, you know, I heard this thing um, online. Some report came out having to do with the virus. It's really positive. And I was like, man, I, you know, I not only could I use some good news, but if that's true, I haven't verified it for myself. But if that's true, that is really, really good news. So then I was talking to a third friend and uh you know, later in the day. And as I was talking to that friend, I said, Hey, you know, these other two people told me, uh, about this news with the virus. And my third friend was like, it's not true. Don't believe it. It's not true. And so at that moment, I just kind of chalked it up as like, well, you know, during the season, you know, it seems like, you know, everybody's on a different side of the thing. And I was like, okay, well, I'm still gonna, you know, take the time and dig in it for myself. And so I got home and uh, my wife and I were talking and, I mentioned to her, I was like, hey, like these two friends told me about this, this research that came out, how it's really positive. Um, and then this other friend said, oh, it's not true. And um, while my wife and I are talking, you know, we, we get out our phones and are looking it up and, you know, reading about it. And the friend who said it wasn't true sends me an article. And it was a really helpful article, just an explanation of, of the science behind the research and um, kind of what it meant and what it didn't mean. And so I was reading through it. And I just responded to my friend and texted him. And all I said was, this is nauseating because it is. And it's like, it's like, it's good news, bad news, good news, bad news, good news, bad news. And it's like, you feel like you're on that Tacoma Narrows bridge and it's just, it's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. And, you know, after a while, I mean, sometimes you just, you're physically getting nauseous because, You've attached yourself, your heart to these circumstances, and those circumstances are just up and down and up and down and up and down. And so for me, um, I've been learning about myself in this in this season um, when I start to, you know, when I when I start to get anxious, when I start to get angry or frustrated or um, disappointed or I start complaining, those are indicators for me that I have attached my heart to the circumstances. And what I need to do is I need to go and I need to pick up my heart off of the Tacoma Narrows Bridge and I need to carry it over and attach it to something solid. I need to attach it to the rock solid foundation of who God is and what he's done. And a practice of gratitude, a habit of gratitude 
helps me do that. It helps me go and pick my heart up off the Tacoma Narrows Bridge and go attach it to the rock solid foundation of who God is. And so that's kind of the problem with circumstances. If we attach our heart to circumstances, it's just up and then it's down and then it's up and then it's down and it's up and it's down. And we've got to use gratitude to go and pick up our heart, remove it from the bridge and go attach it to something that's stable, to something that's not going to change. So now I want to want to shift and I want to look at um, a couple ways that we could do that. What this um this habit of gratitude um, could look like in our lives. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is a gratitude list. This is something that's really important. As you read through the Bible again and again, um, you find the authors, they don't necessarily call them gratitude lists, but giving us gratitude lists, giving us things to be thankful for. Again and again in Scripture, you find it all through the Psalms and in the Old Testament and in many places in the New Testament. And one one of the ones that I want to highlight is in the book of Ephesians, Paul, the apostle's writing, um, and he starts the book with a gratitude list. So I want to share this with you and kind of show you how he uses this to help us attach our hearts to who God is and what he's done. So starting in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Ephesians 1 verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, the idea behind the word praise in this passage is the idea, make a list of some facts. And so as you read through it, you realize this is what Paul does. He says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes to all these facts. He gives us kind of this list. And in the in the Bible, as you read through the Bible, you'll find um, praise and thanksgiving or gratitude. You'll find those sometimes used interchangeably. So he says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says that God has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. The heavenly realms is a specific location. It's a real place. So he's saying, if we look at our lives from God's perspective, this is a list of things that we could be grateful for. So he goes on in verse four. He says, says this, for he, for God, chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. What this means is God decided to engage in a process that would result in us standing before him holy and blameless. And when does it say that God decided to engage in this process? It says before the foundation of the world, before he ever started creating, he had you and me on his mind from the very beginning. This means we aren't an afterthought. We aren't just like, we didn't just randomly happen, but God has had us on his mind. That's something that if you're making a gratitude list, you can write that down. God, thank you that I am not an afterthought. You have had me on your mind since the very beginning. Uh, Moving on, verse 5. I'm going to kind of skip through this. Verse 5 says, In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. So this word predestined is one of these words that Christians um, argue about and fight about and debate about. Um, when we really, we really shouldn't. It's just a big, it can become a big distraction because the word means um, to mark out a path. So the idea is that God marked out the path to bring us into his family, to receive all the privileges of being his child. I have some 
um, friends who have been adopted, adopt, you know, physically adopted. This is talking about spiritual adoption, but I've, I have some friends who have been physically adopted into some really good families. Um, and they, they often are overcome when they think about everything that their parents have, their adopted parents have gone through to bring them into those homes, into those families so that they could have a really good life. And what this is saying when it says he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, it's saying that God marked out a path to bring us into his family and give us all the privileges of being one of his children. I mean, that is just, you just sit back and you reflect on that. It's not something to argue about. It's something to just go, I cannot believe how much God loves me to, to figure out how to bring me into his family and then give me all the privileges of being one of his children. Skipping ahead. Uh, Verse 7 says this. It says, In him we have redemption. In Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now, what this verse is uh, pointing to is the word redeem means to buy back. And one of the consequences of sin is we become slaves to sin, and then we're destined for hell. We're destined for eternity without God. So what God did as part of that plan to bring us into his family is he paid the ultimate price. Jesus gave his life to buy back our freedom so that we could be members of his family, to cover the consequences so that we could enter into his family. God, I thank you that you paid the highest price, a price that I could never pay back so that I could be a part of your family. Verse 11, again, skipping ahead, skipping from verse 7 to verse 11, says this, he works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Now, I can't explain um, this, it, but it's saying that God has the ability. I don't know exactly how he does it, but God has the ability to make everything fit in his will. So if you just step back and you think about that, if you think about everything going on, God has this, he has so much control that he weaves it all and fits it all together. Like it says, everything. He works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. All this stuff that we're sitting here going like, what in the world is happening? God is going to weave it together in a way where at some point, we can't see it now, but at some point we'll look at it and we'll say, wow, I see how that fits in exactly with what God was accomplishing in the world. That is an amazing amount of control that he can do that. So it's, it's, this is a reminder. Paul goes through this list, and this is a reminder. God has an amazing amount of control, and it involves our lives. Uh, skipping ahead, uh, verses 13 and 14. Uh, this is what it says. It says, When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. The idea is you don't put a deposit down on something that you don't care about. God is not going to put down a deposit on your life that cost him his son and then walk away at some point because the deal is no longer good. He put a deposit. He gave the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and takes up permanent residence. That guarantees that we are locked into his family and there's an inheritance that awaits us. It's a guarantee. God put a deposit down on our lives. That is, and you, you, again, you just step back and you think about that. And that's just kind of saying like, hey, like 
no matter what happens, you know, I don't plan on screwing up. I don't want to be a screw up. I, you know, I want to take God seriously. I want to follow him. But being a member of his family is not conditioned on my performance. It's guaranteed. He saved me. It's something that I could not earn. It's something that I cannot keep. He saved me and he's guaranteeing that he's going to finish what he started. And he's proven that by giving me the Holy Spirit. So you think through this verse and or this passage. And for me, Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, as I go through it, it's Paul is is really creating a gratitude list. And for me, it's just such a helpful reminder of here's things that teaches me about who God is and what God's done. And again, I can kind of pick my heart up off the bridge and carry it over to that rock solid foundation. And a gratitude list is such a helpful way to do that. So, you know, pick out, pick out some passage of scripture. There's tons of them and use it to remind yourself, use the truth to remind yourself of of where your gratitude is to be anchored and then thank God for those things. And this could look really different. I think this is the beauty of of this is this could look a lot of different ways. Even in the Bible, this looks different ways. Sometimes people, you know, like Paul, he he makes this very thoughtful, intentional, linear list. Um, You have other guys in the Bible like David um, or some of the other guys in the Old Testament, they sing. They they're singing praise, thanks and praise to God. Um, So this could look a lot of different ways. You could write it down. um, You could pray it. I prefer to write it down. You could pray it. You could sing it. But the practice of a gratitude list is picking your heart up off those circumstances and attaching them to a rock solid foundation. So we start with in the gratitude list, we start with who God is and what God's done. And we go to the Bible for that. And then after we start there, then we can move to um, thinking through the different people that God has used. This is another important thing. It's not just that we're thankful to God, but God has used people in our lives at key moments to really bring good into our lives. Recently, um, our family, we got to go up to um, Lake Tahoe in uh, Northern California and get away and get a break. And one of the reasons we were able to do that is my father-in-law a long time ago uh, purchased a vacation place up there that we get to go to every once in a while. We can, you know, every few years we get to go up there and stay at this uh, this place that he's a part of. And that's something God's really used that to bring refreshment into my life. And so when I was up there with him this last time, I made sure and pulled him aside and said, I'm really grateful that you made this investment and I'm thankful because of all the ways that it's blessed our family. And so it's appropriate to identify those people and then say thank you to them. Uh, Another one would be um, Bevan Unruh, our senior pastor. He just recently, uh, we celebrated 30 years of him being at Seabreeze. And so it's, when I think through my life and uh, many of the ways that God's worked in my, my life, Bevan has been instrumental at different points. I am very grateful that God um, allowed me to be in a position where I get to learn from Bevan. And there's a lot of stuff that Bevan's done that's really blessed me. And so it's appropriate for me to identify that and then go and tell him, thank you for everything that he's done for me. So you start with God and you start to think through, okay, who are the people that have impacted me? And then actually go and go and verbalize that thanks. So that's kind of a gratitude list. Thankful to God, what he's done, um, identifying who are the people, what are the things that God's used to really benefit you along the way. But it starts with God and then it flows out from there. Um, Now I want to shift from gratitude list to displaying gratitude. 
I mean, you, it's one thing to kind of come through the list, and that's really helpful. Um, but there's there are also times where it's appropriate to give back and respond with acts that show how grateful we are. So this could look a lot of different ways. Um, you know, with Bevan, when we celebrated his um, him being at Seabreeze for 30 years, there was a long line of cars, people who lined up just to say thanks. People wrote letters, people go, gave gifts. That is all appropriate. It's appropriate to think through who's somebody that's really impacted you and sit down and write a card of encouragement and just thank them and realize that I didn't get here on my own. I'm not here because I'm so amazing, but I'm here because other people have helped me along the way and God's used them to benefit me. So I'm going to go back to them and I'm going to say thank you. Um, another way you can do this is gifts. This is one of the ways um, that I've done it because it's pretty easy. A lot of times gratitude is easy and so sometimes it doesn't have that much of a an impact on us. But when we give gifts, specifically for me, when I give uh, financial gifts, uh, that really attaches my heart to uh, what I'm thankful for um, and adds a seriousness to it. And so it's appropriate to give gifts. One of my friends, um, it's something that really challenged me. There was something that their family had prayed for for a long time, and they didn't know if it was going to happen. They had no promise from God that it was going to happen, but they had been praying and asking God, God, if you you know, if this could be part of your plan, we would love it if you would allow this to happen. And they prayed for it. And finally that happened in their lives. And so in response, instead of just being like, wow, this is great. um, They actually gave a sizable financial gift to their church. And when I heard about it, it really challenged me because what they were saying was not just, you know, it wasn't just kind of a flippant, hey, thanks God. But it was, we realized the source of this blessing in our life. And we want to acknowledge that. And we can never repay it. And there's nothing we could do to match it. But we want to give something tangible just to show how much this means to us. So it's appropriate um, to give gifts financially. It's appropriate to go and serve, to go and help people out by meeting needs just as a display of gratitude. And whenever we do that, it's not just that we do it one time, but it's when you start to do this over and over again, again, what you're doing is you're you're picking your heart up off the bridge, you're carrying it off, and you're anchoring it to the rock-solid foundation of who God is. So that's kind of the practice of gratitude. So you can do it, you know, a gratitude list. Um, there's different ways to do that. What has God done? Who are the people and the things that God's used? Um, and then are there different displays of gratitude? Are there different ways that I can actually take action? And not just recall this. And over time, what you're going to experience is your heart is getting anchored to something that's solid. And actually, this that leads us into this last um, thing that I want to share with you, which is a surprising outcome of developing a habit of gratitude. And the surprising outcome, and this um, is surprising, it surprised me, is peace. We have more peace in our lives. I want to share with you um, a verse that's fairly well known, um, but it's one where gratitude's mentioned, but it's, it's, at least by me, it's easily overlooked. It says this in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. For me, I often overlook those two words with thanksgiving. And so I kind of operate like, oh, we just pray about it and God will give you peace. But it's saying, well, yeah, you got to pray about it. 
But you also need to practice gratitude. And you also need to remember who God is and what he's done and the way he's been at work in the past and and thank him for that. And in the process of doing that, that's where the peace comes. And there's so many other verses that talk about the experiencing peace, this freedom from anxiety and worry. That comes, there's other things attached to it. But one of the one of the things that is a driver behind you experiencing that peace is getting in this habit of practicing gratitude. Or again, you're you're picking your heart up. I know I've said it a bunch of times, but you're picking your heart up off the bridge and you're carrying it and you're attaching it to something stable. You're thanking God for who he is and what he's done and the people that he's used and the other things that he's used to really bless you and help you in the path to where you are at in your life. So for me, this, this practice of gratitude again and again um, an indicator that I'm not being grateful. I need to attach my heart, take my heart off of circumstances that I've got my heart attached to the wrong thing. An indicator for me is when I start to worry, when I start to fret, when I start to um, get frustrated or angry or impatient. Um, those are usually indicators. I, I've lost my peace. So to get that peace back, one of the ways um, that I can get my peace back and experience peace over time, even though the circumstances, I mean, from all indicators, the circumstances aren't going to change. So even though, you know, the circumstances are doing this in our lives, when we attach our gratitude to who God is and express sincere thanks for that, uh, there's peace that enters in that we get to experience. So uh, a habit of gratitude immensely important. And it is so true that if you develop good habits, good habits will develop you. So take your heart off the bridge, take it off the circumstances, attach it to who God is. A practice of gratitude is one of the ways that you can do that. Make a list. What has God done? Who are the people? Um, actually show your gratitude. Write a letter, give a gift, serve, do something. Um, and you're going to experience more and more peace which is one of the results. So I'm glad I got to share with you guys tonight. This was a lot of fun. Um, practice gratitude.